Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm very excited to have my very new friend, Taylor Ballantyne, on the line today. Taylor, how are you? I am doing great, John. Oh, I'm so <laughs> excited to have you on today. Taylor, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Uh, hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. <laughs> uh, this is Barbara Walters with 2020. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Taylor Ballantyne. I'm a director and a photographer. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Uh, for, for, for starters, uh, obviously, I've been following yeah. you on Instagram for a number of years. Your photography oh, work speaks for itself. Obviously, your video work is incredible. Um, how did you get oh, started you. in photography and, and then video and kind of walk me through your creative process of how you got, you know, where you are today? Sure, 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 sure. Happy to do it. Um, so I started when I was 13. Oh, wow. Uh, I started when I was 13 years old. Yeah, my dad, it's kind of a funny story how I actually got started, but my dad, you know, I grew up in California. It's originally where I'm from, and I grew up in Malibu, and, and you know, he was like, listen, I don't want you, you know, smoking smoking pot on the beach with all the, <laughs> with all the hooligans. I want you to, you know, all summer. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want you aimlessly walking around the house looking like you've got nothing to do. So <laughs> pick something and go do something. I love that. And so he, he he kind of encouraged me to, and both both my parents did. They were like, you know, do some kind of summer school. Just do something, kid. Anything. Just do something. So I I looked at a community college, Santa Monica Community College, and I thought, oh, there's a photography course. I'll do that. I don't have to read. I don't have to write. I don't have to do summer books. I don't have to. You know, that'll be easy enough. Just sit around take pictures all day so I took my first class at 13 and I called my mom crying <laughs> and I said I know what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life oh my god as dramatic yeah as dramatic as that is that's I swear that is exactly what happened wow. and uh, and and I it was a it was a chrome color class we were learning how to shoot chrome <laughs> and I ended up going throughout the entire yeah we were learning how to shoot on chrome and and it was really cool and I just loved you know I mean the pictures were absolute garbage but it was like that I took, but, and I think I actually still have some of them. I was like, oh, a flower, that's pretty. You know, it's like what everybody does. So, but it was really cool. I just, there was something about the mechanics of it, the technical aspect of it that spoke to me. Um, and I ended up staying through four years, basically all throughout every summer I did it in high school and I would go back to this community college and, uh, and I did everything from black and white and color processing and printing and just really learned a, a really excellent foundation. Um, and my teacher, guy's guy's name was Robert L. Jones, mm -hmm. and he was this kind of an old war guy, and he um, and he was the best black and white printer. Like he was really known for it. He was one of the best oh. black and white printers, and he knew the zone system, and he was just he was incredible. Uh, and he was a great educator, and I just and he was kind of a tough guy, and and really rough around the edges, and had crazy stories. He actually used to shoot the aftermath of wars after people had been killed. Oh my god. That was that's how he got his start and then he and then he switched to nudes and he was like a big nude photographer and he made some really he did a lot with body paint i mean he was a really incredible guy wow um but anyhow that's that's kind of how i got started and uh i started my own business when i was 16. wow um yeah and uh i started i really wanted to be a fashion photographer i wanted to be like the mario testinos and the stephen kleins and the pamela hansons that's what i wanted to do the ellen von Unwurz, that, that those were the people that i admired and and people I, I i wanted to be just like um and uh so i kind of got into fashion and i had a my mom's friend she had a a friend that owned a clothing store out in las vegas mm -hmm. and and she went to lunch with my mom one day and she was showing my mom her new ads for her store and i i happened to swing by at the lunch or something and i walked in she goes oh taylor look at her new you know oh my daughter's getting into photography blah 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 oh you know you should look at some of her new ads and she goes yeah what do you think and i went i think they're shit and my mom's like kicking me under the table like you can't say stuff like that you idiot and i'm like and i'm like i'm sorry i, I and she goes well you think you can do better and i go i absolutely know i can and so I was a, you know, brazen little shit. And I fucking so she love said, that. Okay. So she said, yeah, she said, okay. She said, fine, I'll make you a deal. She said, you do the shoot for me and I'll fly you to Vegas. I'll give you the whole experience. I'll teach you the LA market. I'll show you how this all works with e-commerce and fashion and how this whole system works. 
So I basically did a shoot for her for free in exchange for publication and, and an education on sort of the, you know, fashion market in Los Angeles. And uh, she took me to a big show. She took me to these, this, it was the Cooper building at the time. And we walked, there was like 200 showrooms. And I walked around the entire place, went to every single showroom, and I had a little notebook piece of paper and pen, and I wrote my name and number down on it, and I passed it out to everybody, and that was my quote-unquote business card. I love that. And, and I probably passed it out to about 200 people. Eight people called me back, and that was the start of my business, and I would shoot their, their ads and their e-commerce stuff and their whatever. Um, and you were and how then old? I attended. I was 16, 17, wow. yeah, right around That's there. incredible. And then... And then I and then I ended up going to and, and I assisted a couple of uh, photographers in in Los Angeles. Um, uh, I assisted uh, Richard Wright and Sean Frederick. They were all both uh, celebrity portrait photographers in in Los Angeles, and um, they did fashion. They did everything. They did a lot of ad and commercial work. And so I was I was on their sets and assisting, and they were my first two mentors. And they actually both encouraged me to go to Brooks Institute of Photography, which I did at eighteen. Uh, right after I graduated uh, high school, and I attended Brooks Institute, and I was there for about a year and a half, and I just was always clamoring to be in New York. It's always where I wanted to be, um, and so I ended up transferring schools, and I went to, I finished out at School of Visual Arts, um, and I started in New York, and I was building my book and 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 trying to find my voice, and, and Brooks was a very technical school, mm-hmm. and they, they it was an incredible school. They, they, they would tell you, you know, listen, you, you go to Brooks, you will know, you will walk out of here working, and they were right, and, and, you know, I could get a job assisting on any set because they just, they hammered this technical uh, training into you. I mean, we were probably in the studio 15 hours a day, oh, wow. you know, eight days a week kind of thing and 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 but you walked out of there being able to shoot in any in any situation in any circumstance um so it was a really beautiful technical education that i was very grateful for um but with school of visual arts i kind of got the best of both worlds they they really they teach you how to find your your creative voice and your vision and they teach you kind of how to hone in on that so so that became uh kind of the second aspect that i got and my first job in college I worked for uh, a guy called Ken Regan, who's a very famous photojournalist, and he shot everybody from, you know, the Rolling Stones to Bob Dylan to the Beatles to, you know, every celebrity under the sun. And and he was a photojournalist, but he dabbled in everything. I mean, he shot for Sports Illustrated and Newsweek and Entertainment and all, you know, um, Entertainment Weekly. And, and he was like, the, he did all of the 26 Time Inc. publications when it was Time Inc., and uh, and then he shot stills on on movie sets, and he did music, and he was like the personal photographer to the Kennedys for some crazy odd amount of years. And wow. I mean, this guy just shot everything. And I was always kind of told, okay, you know, pick something, hone it in, and do that, and do that well. And he just kind of showed me this whole other aspect of how to be a photographer. And he said, you know, I. I don't have a niche. I my niche is people, and he said you are one of those. You 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 don't have to pick any one specific avenue. You can do everything if that's what you want. Oh, I love that. And if you connect with and if you connect with people, then let that be enough. And um, so he really educated me in that regard, and he taught me all the ins and outs of business. And I I was his assistant studio manager, his first assistant, and I build my book in his studio for 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 quite a few years. I worked for, I worked with him up until up until he died for about six years. I worked for him. Wow, that's incredible. Um, wow. And I, I yeah, and I was just really influenced by his whole documentary aspect of things. You know, he was a big documentary guy, so so uh, or photojournalist. So I was just so inspired by that raw, gritty you know, nature of his images. And I, I think that definitely influenced, influenced my work in a really big way. That's incredible. I mean, so I, I've had this reoccurring theme, uh, with a bunch of these conversations that I've had, um, where people have been able to kind of come across the thing that is their thing at a significantly younger age than I. And, it's not that I have FOMO or, or certainly I definitely have jealousy, but to be like 13 and to be able to like, be like, Hey mom, I know what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like that is incredible. Um, that is, that is so, a, f- such a freeing feeling I would imagine. It, it is. And it isn't, it's a blessing and a curse because once you know it, then right. It's like, then you, you it's like for me, 
it's life or death. Like there's nothing else I can do. This is it, you know? And so there's a lot of sacrifice and recommitment as I get older and evolve and change personally and within business. And so there's always a recommitment, even though I've known the general avenue, what I have done within that has constantly shifted. And it's, it's kind of like anything in life, you have to reinvent yourself over and over again. And I've, even though I've known what direction I've wanted to do, I've still had to reinvent the wheel within that time and time again. And, you know, when I was working with Ken, that was a lot of those growing pains happened within that six years for me. Um, there was another photographer that I actually was working with before I was full-time with Ken, and her name was Garance Dore, and she uh, is a very <clears throat> famous uh, uh, French uh, photographer and artist, writer. She's uh, an incredible woman, and she um, she kind of started the whole wave of, like, behind the scenes at all the, the fashion events. Mm -hmm. And so when I was, while I, I was working for Ken and then I, her time, and, and then I was working for her, and she... Uh, had hired me to help build up her studio and find her videographers that could go to, you know, New York, Milan, Paris, London Fashion Weeks with her and do all the video coverage. And so it was my job to kind of interview all these guys and find this person for her. And she just never, one, we hired somebody to do something one for one event that was in New York and something happened where the guy couldn't make it. And she said, can you fill in? Can you do this? I said, I've never done this before. I've never touched this before. <laughs> and she said, just give it a shot. Give it a try. And um, she liked what I did so much that she ended up taking me on as, as the videographer. And I ended up being her person that covered New York, Milan, and Paris Fashion Weeks with her. Um, so I did that for, for a season. I think that was around 2010, I believe. Um, 2009, 2010, and um, and that is what actually, that's when I got bit by the video bug, and I realized that photography was not going to be enough for me. I was going to have to expand in medium in order to feel fulfilled, and telling stories is really what I love to do, and um, so that that inspired that side of it, um, and then I went full-time for Ken, and then after Ken passed away, that's when I actually got a job at Sports Illustrated. Okay, that was actually going to be my next question because I, I, you've shot yeah. a, a lot for Sports Illustrated, um, and, yeah. and in fact, my I, I would say the, the one of the most uh, one of the images of yours that I love the most is the one of PK Subban um, with the hat. Oh, um, I love that shot. Yeah. I love it. I loved that shoot. There's so he much joy in his face. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard. Not, I mean, he's such a joyful guy. I know, I mean, yeah. He really is. I mean, <laughs> we, we laughed and spent, you know, we just laughed the entire time. He was really fun and funny, and he was just a really a, a joyful experience the whole time. So I'm glad that I'm glad the pictures reflected because it really was it really was a lot of fun, and I that is actually one of my favorites as well. Oh, that's awesome. I, I mean, I'm I'm jealous. I'm biased in that because I am a Devils fan. I like hockey. It's impossible not to like PK as a human being. So I think that could be part of the uh you know oh, reasoning yeah. for my my affinity for that image um but you've oh, you've, yeah. you've clearly had like a very distinct straightforward kind of journey in your career yeah. um and you've done like all of those rungs of the ladder right you started working for other people yeah. then you took the step to go work on your own now you get bought bit by the uh the video bug um what is like the biggest trial and tribulation that you've had throughout that entire time and what was it about that like issue or whatever that came of it that helped you grow as not just like a photographer but like as a human as well uh boy what a question <laughs> um i, I <laughs> Jeez, man. What are you trying to get deep? Um, no, I, I I, think for me, what would I say? What would I say? Uh, the biggest, there were just so many, I mean, there's just so many things. I mean, I think for me, I, I, re, I mean, I rebuilt my book a thousand times. Mm -hmm. I think I, I lived about nine lives in New York for the first, <laughs> you know, five years I was there. I, you know, throughout my 20s was a real painful and gruesome experience just in the personal self-development area I feel um, that. and learning, you know, le learning who I am and coming into myself that way um, in, in all aspects. But I think, you know, th there was never one big trial and tribulation. There was a million, you know, whether sure. it was, you know, loss that I experienced, whether it was breakups, whether it was relationships, whether it was 
um, you know, reinventing the wheel for myself or what I felt called to do within photography or discovering, you know, what direction in that avenue I wanted to go with. And there was just so much sacrifice and recommitment to myself and to what I do for a living. Um, there was just, you know, there was just so much, there was just so much, there was so, so much of that. It's almost like, you know, it's like, I don't know, I think of it sometimes like a video game, you know, <laughs> when you just, you know, you, you, you go up in levels and every time you go to another level, you have to, you, you almost, you know, you, you use your past experiences as your facts, but then you have to then redevelop on this newer level and, and and an and an and an evolved level, and once you do that, and you go to the next level, then you got to go ahead and do it all over again. Oh, I love and that. Usually, that is such a great analogy. That isn't. That's as tremendous. Kinda, as kind of that's kind of how I see it, you know. And each level, as you as you continue to evolve and grow, and and I think, I mean, for me, personal and business is connected. It's, it's all one in the same, you know. The, mm -hmm. the self development work I do is directly affects, you know, my creative and my advancement within that, you know. So there's always moments where I have to reevaluate my personal life and go, okay, you know, how are we feeling? What are we doing? Let's check in. Let's see where we're at. If I'm feeling stuck, if I'm feeling like I'm plateauing, if I'm feeling, you know, like I'm going backwards or I'm attracting the wrong energy or the wrong people in my life for whatever reason, you know, then it's like, okay, let's, let's take inventory and assess where this is all coming from in order to, you know, go to the next level. Ooh, so that's, love that. that's kind of, that's kind of that's kind of how I see it. If that answers your question, I don't know. If it, it does. does no, it does. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to steal the shit out of that analogy of the video games because steal, I feel you like steal, you steal it. <laughs> I feel you like own it. I've reached it. I've reached Copyright the point it, in my life where I just lost to one of the big bosses, and then you had to go back like three or four levels, and then you got to go do the ones that you did already. That's totally. sort of where I feel like I'm at in my life, and that's okay. I think that's part of yeah. the journey. Um, yeah, I think absolutely. I think of photography absolutely. as like very interesting as a profession because you and I both identify as photographers but you blow me out of the water in every conceivable metric so my question for you is as someone who has shot with incredibly famous people uh video photography portrait work sports illustrated whatever it might be do you still struggle with on like the day of a shoot with imposter syndrome oh a thousand oh my gosh it's so funny you talk about that because <laughs> i so one of my clients is uh, Donald Takayama. It's the longboard, uh, longboard surfing, and I, I just did a huge series on their team riders. Um, and we just did I did this whole film series and photographic series with actually one of my one of my one of my very best friends, uh, Lauren Foster, who's an incredible editor. Um, and she and I actually grew up together. She started in photojournalism just the same, and she comes from a long line of editors and recently discovered editing and, and found that that was really her calling. But she's an incredible writer, an incredible uh, journalist. And she, um, anyhow, we, and I've known her since I was 11 years old. We actually grew up together. So oh, that's we actually awesome. refound ourselves a little bit later in life. So we, we, we were doing this, this project together, and literally as we're on set shooting, <laughs> we, we literally looked at each other and we were like, we are fooling everybody that we know what we're doing. <laughs> like, this is total imposter syndrome, 1,000%. We talk about that all the time. But, yeah, totally. I mean, I definitely get that. I mean, I still get nervous on shoots every time before I'm going to shoot or anything, whatever it is. I still, I'm like, am I going to turn the camera on? Am I going to remember my batteries? And I'm going to remember <laughs> that I know what I'm doing? Like, you know, it's like I've been doing this for 16 years, and every day I'm like, I don't know, you know, so it's like, I mean, it totally, I mean, you know, I, there's there's definitely a confidence that I have developed and a sureness that has become, you know, inherent, you know, second nature, right? It's like brushing your teeth, you know, you do it often enough, you kind of can do it blindly, and you and so there's, you know, I, I, I love when I feel that, I love when I feel that, and I go, okay, you know, this is, this is really now just a part of me, and it's something that I do, but... That also, going back to what you were saying earlier, you know, that also sometimes can be something that I, I get too comfortable in. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, now I'm getting too rhythmic now. I have to, I have to switch it up. I can't rely on these things. I, I, need to, I need to change it up. And I experienced that a lot in Sports Illustrated. That was, that was really, I, after my six-year stint with Kent, my six-year stint at, at, at Sports Illustrated, I felt, like I, I felt like I graduated you know, college and then I went to grad school at Sports Illustrated. And, and I did not start out as a photographer. I started as a photo technician working two days a week in a basement, um, testing out old gear, you know, getting electrocuted every other day, and, <laughs> <laughs> and like 
processing drives and and that was a really difficult I grew up in that job because I was a real I was a terrible office worker and I really was and I because it, sitting anywhere for eight hours is like pulling teeth and so I really learned a level of discipline and a technical aspect and knowledge and how to really you know produce and handle photo shoots and all these different things um, and so that was kind of the beginning and when I started shooting for them it was I was about a couple years in and and they um they had recently opened the doors to all freelance photographers um, and so they said okay you know we're, we're they've they've instead of just using staff photographers they were making it kind of a it was a global decision for Time Inc to make any photographer open to kind of a, 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 a freelance so mm -hmm. it actually gave me an opportunity to shoot and there were some in-house needs and things that they still needed when they were going through this transition. So they kind of came down to the basement one day and said, hey, kid, can you shoot? And I go, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and so, and when I originally took the job, I was told, you know, don't, you know, shooting is not going to be a thing. Um, so they yeah, so kind of had low, I had, I had a low expectation of ever, you know, I, I just didn't, I didn't think that that would be something that would, that would happen. And um, you know, I started out just shooting, you know, any pickups they needed, whether it was, you know, still product stuff, whether it was little things, football helmets, uh, riders, headshots, uh, all kinds of things. And, um, and I kind of, you know, I, I tried to kind of do the same thing that I do in every other aspect of my life is continue to reinvent, reinvent and stay proactive and, and look for something to do or create something that isn't there. And uh, they had a television station that started, you know, SITV and, and, um, and they were having all these athletes coming in to be interviewed. And so you had like Usain Bolt walking around. I'm like, is anybody taking this guy's photo? Also another and one of my favorite portraits of yours. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was actually a really funny story. I could tell you that story of that shoot. That was actually really hysterical. But anyway, we uh, I built there was a we, we had an equipment room and my my immediate boss, Eric Roscoe, who's also a insane photographer. He's incredible. Um, and he's been with Sports Illustrated for, gosh, I mean, 15, 20 years, something like that. Anyway, he uh, it was my my buddy that I actually went to went to uh, Brooks Institute of Photography with Chad Carlson is the guy that got me the job in with Eric. Um, and so I was with those guys while I was, you know, they were teaching me all the technical ins and outs. Um, but we had this little equipment closet and I said, hey, Eric, can I turn it into a photo studio? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Go ahead. Go do whatever you want. So I would go down to the television station, say, give me your list of upcoming athletes and people that are going to be in, whether it was, and it was everybody, it was actors. I mean, it was all different types of people that they were interviewing all the time. So they started sending them up to, to, to this little equipment closet. And I started this big kind of black and white photographic portrait series um, of all these athletes. And it ended up being, you know, probably a couple hundred of them. That's awesome. Um, and it, and it was really cool. We had this little like piece of plexiglass in there too. And I would have everybody sign it. So I like all the athletes would come in. I go, Hey, can you sign the wall? Hey, can you sign the, the, so they would sign it and it was, it became this little memorabilia thing. And, uh, and sports illustrated swimsuit, um, kind of got wind of that. And that's when they actually started hiring me to a swimsuit decided adopted me to start doing, uh, castings mm -hmm. for them. Um, so I was, I, and we had this, we had this white, white backdrop with this red chair and it became this kind of in the closet thing. And it became really funny and kitschy. And it was like, all the girls were like, I want to do the closet. I want to be on the red <laughs> chair, you know? So it became this kind of cool, funny little thing. And, um, and I started, you know, creating all types of, uh, I was kind of the, I, I did like a lot of event photography for them, you know, for their events and their launches. And uh, MJ really, you know, she, MJ Day, who runs Sports Illustrated Swimsuit, she kind of, she took me in and introduced me to all the girls and said, hey, listen, you know, Taylor's our in-house and she's going to be, you know, shooting some events. If you see her around, you know, be welcome her. And uh, and the girls and I, we we just took to each other and, you know, and it was nice i think for them having a, a a woman around and and in in these sort of settings and um so we would kind of break off and do our own little content and do our own little shoots and things like that and mj kind of you know got got wind of that that there was this comfortability there and so it it, it allowed me to create content uh daily content for them because at the time Sports Illustrated had also just adapted .com, and this was at the beginning of them building their Instagrams and all this kind of stuff. So, so they needed daily content, which they hadn't really ever needed before. Mm -hmm. um, so they they were really encouraging, and they just gave me they gave me a lot of room to do pretty much whatever I wanted. They were like, you know, if you've got a good idea, go for it. Don't ask questions; just go do it. Oh, that's nice. And so 
it, it really was, and it and it and I and I took full advantage of that. Um, and eventually, I started, you know, getting bigger assignments, and I got my uh, first cover, which was of Russell Westbrook uh, for the Fashionable Fifty edition, which was uh, something that I had developed. Uh, with the photo department, and we came up with Fashionable 50, and that was, you know, where we highlighted the 50 most fashionable athletes, and I was kind of shooting the whole book for it um, in the very beginning, and then they gave me my my first cover, which was, I think I was one in very few women to get a national cover in like 60, year, 60 years wow. history of the magazine or something like that. Yeah, it was a really big moment, so that was really exciting. Um, so that was my Russell Westbrook cover, and then uh, in the same year, which came out in 2018, I um I had created a project called uh, In Her Own Words and for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit. Yeah, and those are powerful. Black and white. Yeah, and that was the uh, and that 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 broke the history of their magazine too because they had never done any any in studio no swimsuit all black and white series like that. And the whole purpose of the project was really about allowing these women to, uh, you know, be be their own advocates and be their own art directors and um, create their own messages. And so they really, they were just very vulnerable and exposed. And it was a really cathartic and exciting experience for me. But that that project is kind of what gave me the bug for directing. Oh. We did a 10 minute film for that. And that's kind of where I discovered in myself, like, wow, I think this is I think I really want to direct and I want to write. And my my dad's a screenwriter and and I called him and had this conversation with him, and we we actually started writing together. Um, and and uh, I had a couple of ideas for some scripts, and so he he was like, okay, I think it's a good idea, let's do it. So we actually started writing. So I was writing scripts kind of with him, and I was learning the structure of how to develop story, and that's where it really dawned on me that directing was really I felt that was my next calling and purpose, and something that I really wanted to focus on, and. Um, Sports Illustrated really gave me, again, I, I was able to collaborate a lot with the video department, and there were a lot of projects that we did uh, that just gave me the chance to direct. Even if I was shooting still, there was still so much directing involved with that as well. Um, and I kind of had my freelance career on on, on, on top of my, my, my job at Sports Illustrated, and so... And they were very encouraging within that as well. They gave me the freedom to 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 shoot outside as well and develop myself that way. And um, it, I did a lot of ad and commercial work and a lot of branding. And um, you know, it gave me kind of the chance to you know focus on on the on 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 more on the, on the video side of things. And I really just kind of uh, got got way more into that. That's awesome. I mean, it. it obviously this is our first conversation so this comes off very uh, matter of factly but i am struggling to imagine you having any issues with confidence in either yourself or your work um because you just <laughs> I, I mean we'll call a spade a spade you definitely own your shit and you are like a boss bitch so props to you oh, um thank I, you. I will That's say those kind. black and white images uh for the sports illustrated issue i forget what it was called they're such powerful images um and that series yeah. is really um really inspirational um um, but that being said, so you've had this incredible career to date. You're still young. What gives you confidence now? You know, is it your past work? Yeah. Is it your, um, you know, whatever future projects you're working on? Um, you know, when you're struggling with that imposter syndrome or, you know, anxiety or whatever it might be, what gives you the confidence now for you to be like, yeah, I could I could do whatever I need to do? Calling purpose. Uh, I think it's 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 this feeling of just not really having a choice. You know, I, I don't have a choice. This is what I'm meant to do, and I love that. I will sacrifice pretty much anything to do it. Um, and and I and I have. I've sacrificed a lot to to commit to it. I mean, I can't. The amount of you know birthdays and weddings and things that I've missed and events in my family's lives or my friends' lives. You know, it's hard. It's hard to make this the you know again it's that recommitment piece and i feel like there's lots of you know sacrifice in that but at the same time um yeah i mean i just i guess that's as simple as that i don't really i really don't have a choice in the matter <laughs> i mean that's nice i mean I, i've, I've yeah. come to most of the passions in my life incredibly late um i wasn't blessed with like some foresight at age 13 that i wanted to be a photographer or i wanted to start a podcast or whatever it might be um so 
I mean, you're doing I, it. I'm but doing, you're doing it, it. For, for sure. And Fuck it yeah. doesn't matter when it comes. <laughs> I think that's the thing of it too, man. Like it doesn't matter when it comes. It comes whenever it comes. And you can't judge that process either oh, when yeah. it shows up. You know? I completely agree. Things happen and, in life when they're supposed to, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had a lot of conversations with people now, especially, you know, due to COVID. I mean, I've watched some really, you know, close friends of mine reinvent themselves at 35. They're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to change my whole career and change my life and change where I live and, you know, do all. And I think it's a beautiful thing when you can have that, that wherewithal to, you know, whenever you're sparked with that feeling of, 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 of purpose, whenever it comes, you know, to lean into that and yeah. try to work on removing the doubt and the fear around it in order to lean in. I mean, it's really, it's a beautiful thing and I love watching people do it. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I, I've never struggled with like, uh, inspiration and or drive to do something that I come up with, uh, whether it's, sure. you know, writing on the internet, I used to write for like elite daily and all those places, whether it's picking yeah. up a camera, a microphone, whatever it is, yeah. I, I've always just gone full bore. Um, what inspires you to grow, not just as a photographer or now a director, future writer, et cetera. What, what's like inspirational to you that like kind of motivates you to, to make art? Well, right now, I, I would have to say environment. You know, I'm very, um, I love switching things up, and I, which brings me to kind of where I'm at right now. I, um, <clears throat> I have been in, like I said, you know, before I'd, I'd been in New York for 12 years, and I had an amazing stint. Um, you know, now I freelance for Sports Illustrator. I'm no longer on staff, but I, I freelance for them, and and uh, and it. Um, and I, I, it gives me the opportunity now to, you know, kind of, I went fully freelance, I believe in uh, end of 2019, right before COVID. Oh, I, I had timing. literally gone, <laughs> I literally, yeah, but it actually kind of freakishly was, this was what was bizarre. So I, things were going well and I had just adapted an, an, um, uh, a new manager, uh, Jennifer Judkins, and she's incredible. She's amazing. And she's kind of really become my creative partner and she has just reestablished my 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 business i mean she really has i mean she just she she kind of she saw sort of a, a a a working foundation and went okay what can we do to to make this machine run better and and what can we do to improve it and so she and i started working together in january of 2020 um and freelance was doing was was going well i mean i was getting a lot of work it was it was you know it was all kind of in the ad and commercial range of things in in new york and I was like, okay, you know, this is this is working. This is going to be fine. Um, and then, bam, COVID hits, and I and I, I happened to be in Florida at the time. One of my really good friends. It was her birthday, and so I went to. Uh, she goes, oh, you know, come to my parents' house for a couple of days. Um, and she's an entrepreneur as well and, and has many, many businesses and does very well for herself. And she, um, she was like, Hey, come celebrate my, my, uh, <laughs> my birthday for two days. Well, we ended up staying there for 67 days <laughs> <laughs> and just didn't leave. And, and it was, and, and I had called my manager. I said, what do I do? And she goes, you know what? Just stay, stay, you know, if stay, I mean, don't, she goes, if you come back to New York, you're going to be locked in. She said, see, See if you can move around and see what you can come up with. So all throughout COVID, we were just, you know, I was, I kind of got thrown back into like a 20 year old mindset of like, you know, hustling the first time I had ever gotten to New York. And I'm like, okay, what can we do? You know, whether it's like, you know, okay, family portraits, like whatever. <laughs> I mean, like random stuff. And so I was in Florida for three months. I was in the Carolinas for a month. I went out to LA for a job for a month. And then, uh, and then I was in New York for the last five months. And when I got back to New York after moving around and and shooting whatever I could and creating and figuring it all out I had gotten back to New York and you know everything was just kind of quiet but but my business was just like it was just gone like it just wasn't there I I the calls that I would normally get and a lot of the ad and commercial work that I was getting obviously because of due to COVID everything was kind of on hiatus but mm -hmm. but there was an odd there was like an odd amount of time in between and that's when I took it upon myself to check in and go okay it's overly quiet why is that let's see it's yeah part of it's COVID but yeah something else is going on here and and that's when I was having a conversation uh, with my friend uh, Kelly Dowdle, who actually just recently reinvented herself, and she's now focused on music, 
which by the way all ties into why I'm here uh, in Nashville now but um, but I was I was living with her I'd given up my apartment and I was living with her for like five months in this in this house and and she was reinventing herself into a musician and I and she goes you know we, I was looking at my Instagram and I was like I'm so sick of this stuff I need to change it up and she goes why don't you separate your your video from your photo make two separate pages so you can distinctly commit to directing and photography and make it clear that you're doing both mm -hmm. and so I called my manager and we had this whole discussion and we said okay let's 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 repurpose all of this and and re-edit my work and redo my website and redo my social channels and redo everything so that we can you know again it's the reinvention so it's like okay let's make directing the focus because that's what I really want to do and still photography will always be there that's always going to be a part of it but but let's put the directing foot forward and see what happens so ironically I'm I'm living with Kelly and she says well she goes I'm going to Nashville to record with Dean Sands from Lone Star why don't you come with us and shoot some pictures and meet everybody and see what it's like in Nashville and little did she know, I had been wanting to go to Nashville for years, and I don't know why. I have no clue why. I have just always, always wanted to wanted to be here. It's that kind of place. And my, it, yeah, and my mom even reminded me. She was like, "When you were thirteen, you were talking about that." I said, "Really? I said I don't even remember that." She goes, "Yeah." She goes, "You were like dancing around in your underwear to CMT, and you were like, 'I'm gonna, I'm gonna make music videos.'" And I was like, "I said that." She goes, "Oh yeah." She goes, "This is like bizarre." That she is was, bizarre. Like, this whole You're clairvoyant, Taylor. <laughs> Is bizarre, is a weird deal. So anyway, I I end up going to Nashville for a week, and I meet Dean and 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 all these other you know, and we just kind of get the lay of the land. I fall in love with it, of course. I come back, and two days later, he calls me and he says, "Listen, I'm writing a song with Jay Coot. We are featuring Kelly Clarkson on 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 this duet, and we need somebody to direct the video. Would you do it?" And I said, "Well, I've never done a music video before." And he was like, "Who cares? Do it." I went, "Okay, great." <laughs> So uh, I I directed my very first music video not too long ago and it Congrats. went number one on the charts. Which it's amazing. Was amazing. It was really an incredible experience and Kelly was incredible. Jake is incredible, and that kind of sparked uh, this kind of whole thing in Nashville. So I I started coming back to Nashville and meeting more people and. Jake is a part of a, an amazing mu music management uh, group called Deluge Music, so I started meeting all of them. I got introduced to Leslie Fram, who's an incredible woman who runs CMT. She put me on her shortlist of directors. I ended up meeting Shane Tarleton with Warner Brothers Music. He put me on his shortlist. So it just kind of all started snowballing in this direction, and it all started presenting itself. And I went, okay, there's a lot of grace and confirmation that's coming in right now for me to be here um, and I happened to get a call from a production company that I do a lot of work with in New York, and they were doing a job out in Nashville. They said, hey, you're not going to be around, are you? And I was like, I, I can be. I can be. I totally can be. So I got on a plane. I went back to Nashville. I did this job for a New York client, and I was staying with my really good friend, uh, Sarah, who is uh, she's a, a, a professional fiddle player she's an amazing musician out here in nashville and, and does extremely well for herself uh in that in that regard has been doing it her whole life but she's also a dp and an editor and a very good one and so we were i was actually staying with her for a couple of days and she goes hey so you know hey man what's your where, where, where are you going next and i go i don't know she goes did you just accidentally move to nashville i was like <laughs> i think so <laughs> i think i did i actually think i did and one of my really good friends, Jenna Kelly, is an amazing model, actually, and she she did New York for 13 years, and her and I actually met through the Sports Illustrated swimsuit castings. Her husband, uh, Van, wor works in music, and and they've been living out, and he's been living out in Nashville forever. And she and she moved in with him, and and they had just recently gotten a place in Franklin, so they were getting rid of their place that they had in in. Uh, in Donaldson, and and it just so happened to be the exact timing that I needed a, a a place to live. So I took over her house, and now I'm like I like woke up one day and I was like I'm 32. I bought a car. I'm living in a house, and oh, what the hell happened? I was living in a shoebox in New York five minutes ago. <laughs> that is, I mean, that is yeah. in my estimation the wild. biggest uh, description of serendipity imaginable. Oh, I mean, that is insane. it was. It was insane. But, you know, I feel like that, you know, th those things happen when you do the work to align. And, Ooh, and, totally and I've agree. done a lot of work. And I've done a lot of work. And I continue to do a lot of work. And and I will have to do work for the rest of my life, which sucks. But we all got to do it. <laughs> but, it's, but, but you know, but the, those are the rewards, right? It's like the struggle, the sacrifice. But then, it, then, then stuff like that, this, this unexplainable, beautiful 
blissful serendipitous timing time warp thing happens and you're like whoa this is amazing you know i and fucking it's like, love it just, that i love that yeah and it, it just kind of if there's anything that gives me inspiration to keep going it's that oh love that i uh i find it so uh, growing up you always have like the go to college get your job buy a car buy a sure. house get married white pick yep. fence yada 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 you're always like yep. forecasting five years into the future and 10 years and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that and then you reach your 30s and you're like what the fuck was i thinking i had no idea what i was doing <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah oh yeah it's that it's that you know i've got a five-year plan you know at at at, at 20 something and then at 30 something you're like what plan <laughs> i'm sorry i don't even have a What's that famous line in, in Friends with Phoebe? I don't even have a plus. That's how I feel 90% of the time. Yeah. Do you have a plan? No, I have a plus. We'll see what happens. I like that. I th- I like the yeah, quote, uh, life out. life is whatever, busy while you're making other plans, or life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. I firmly believe oh, yeah. that. Um, things fall oh, into yeah. place oh, as, yeah. as they're supposed to and when they're supposed to. Um, as you take this next kind of step in your career to focus primarily yeah. on video and directing, um, do do you yeah. have something where you set goals for yourself, i.e. in the next 12 months, two years, whatever? Um, are there like tangible things that you look at that you're hoping to accomplish in a specific time frame? Or is it more broad as I want to, you know, direct a pilot or whatever it might be? You know, um, I mean, as far as I know, movies is the direction. That is the end goal, right? That's what I really want to be doing. Um, so as far as uh, steps in between. I don't know. Okay. I don't really plan those things. I don't really, I, I, I kind of things present themselves. I take advantage of the opportunity at hand. I try to stay within the present moment and, and just kind of like, you know, hands off and be guided and just see what, see what happens. I mean, that's really kind of how I've always operated. I mean, yeah, there's an extent to a level of, 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 you know, planning and, 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 uh, you know, it's not like I'm sitting around twiddling my thumbs until something <laughs> drops in my lap by any means, sure. but, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, you know, would, would be nice. But, uh, but, uh, but no, I mean, there's, there's definitely, you know, a level of, of, of staying ready as my father says, staying ready, staying prepared. Um, but as far as, you know, a checklist of things, if I need to accomplish X, X and X before this happens, I, I, I don't think that way because I think it stops it can get in the way of the magic. And for me personally, it just gets in the way because for like the way my, I, I do my best to not control a damn thing because Mm -hmm. when I get into self-management, it's like all bets are off, man. I'll get in my own way and everything will, you don't want me driving the ship. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) At least that's what I, at least that's what I tell myself when it comes to my self-development work. It's like, I'm going to step out of here. I'm going to step, I'm going to step aside here and let this, let this thing, let, let this course run. Um, you know, and, and I have, you know, and I have my faith and my foundation and the things that I believe in that sort of, you know, help me with that. So I, I just, um, I, I try to stay as present as possible and just stay ready and stay focused. And a lot of that, if there's any in between prep work, it's, you know, just trying to stay mentally well, (laughs) which (laughs) 2021 is not the easiest thing. So that's fair. No, it's really not. It's not. And I mean, it's not ever an easy thing. And, and, and especially this year, man, it's next level. And I think, you know, everybody has really been, been, been confronted. It's been, a, it's confronting. It's uncomfortable. It's disturbing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the amount of, 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 of fear we've all been living under. And, and that is the, that's a killer, man. Fear is the biggest killer living in fear. Oh gosh. I can believe it. I think it's I, a killer. I've, I've been able to take the last year in as best a stride as I can at, you know, all the bullshit that I've had to deal with, like personally, professionally, um, my dog died two days ago. It's like, you know, not been, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It sucks. So it's been not the best 12 months, but I think like one, one thing, like I'm 35, you're 32. One thing you gain with age is an immense amount of appreciation for the road that you've traveled and where you got, where you are. And then it gives you a good opportunity for like foresight into where am I going next? And I like, at least for me, it's given me confidence to be able to say I can fucking do anything and I don't need anybody to tell me that I can do anything. I'm going to do it myself. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as someone who's accomplished, like, 
I don't know, 40 or 50 things that I have on my personal bucket list of, you know, professional <laughs> and personal stuff. Um, what are you most proud of from your career? And then also, what is something that you would, I guess, directing a film would be considered your biggest dream? Definitely that um, would be considered my biggest dream. Uh, what am I most proud of? Uh, I, I, I was very, I was very proud. I was very proud of the In Her Own Words project. I was very proud of the film that we made. That 10 minute film we made was great. Um, and I, and, uh, we had a, a shorter version of it that got into Cannes Lions. Um, oh, which wow. was really exciting. It didn't, didn't win anything, but it got in there, which was cool. Um, but, uh, so that was a really cool experience. That whole experience really stands out to me because, because I, that's where I discovered a lot of things about myself. Um, mm -hmm. and that's when I started you know, writing or understanding how to write um, and develop story and really leaning into opening up myself to the thought of directing and what that could look like. And even though that's, you know, I mean, it's, it is, it's like, I'm, I am, it's kind of like I'm changing my career at 32 years old and, um, and that can be a scary thing, but, but it's also um, really exciting. So that, that stands out. Um, uh, it's so, I mean, so, so many things, my, I mean, so many experiences within Sports Illustrated, the places that I've gotten to travel, the friends that I made. I mean, I met my best friends there, you know, my <laughs> best friend, Nina, um, you know, Nina Agdahl is an amazing supermodel and, and, uh, and she, you know, modeled for SI for a very long time. And, um, I'm, her and I connected and, and during, uh, when I was shooting events and stuff for their launch weeks and, and we connected and became fast friends and she introduced me to my other best friend, Jamie. And, um, and so I, that's I, probably the best I, part about life. It really was. Yeah. And J and Jamie's, uh, and, and I mean, and I was surrounded all of a sudden by all these amazing creatives, Jamie Frankel, she's an incredible, incredible stylist and so talented and and i and between the two of them it was like you know i i had started this new chapter of my life when i started working at sports illustrated and i started you know i found i found my family i found my my friends for life i found myself i i mean those those are the things that have i think have really stuck out to me the most um is those personal relationships that have been, been developed o over time and i'm and i'm i'm lucky i've got a lot of wonderful people that I've met and that, uh, are great supports. And, um, but that, that definitely, that definitely stuck out because too, like living in New York for a really long time. And I think, have you, I mean, when you, I've been there for 12 years, right? So it's like, I feel like every five years, it was like, I had a new life. It was like, a <laughs> it new might job be less than that, or, right? <laughs> a new, or new friends or new people in my life. Like, really like a brand new life and it was just kind of wild that in the same city or in a six block radius that that can happen to you mm -hmm. you know and and it's just that city is magic man and it's just beyond i mean there's just i i tell i tell everybody i'm like and everybody should experience new york once in their life whether they live there whether they work whatever it is just once one time yeah, I'm, Go I'm experience yeah. It. I mean, like for me, I've always toyed with like, oh, I should move to LA and or Chicago or Miami. It'd be just such a nice change of pace. And then like, if I go, I don't know, God, I, so I live in New Jersey, but if I go well, like a two week period without being in New York, I'm like, what the fuck? Why would I go anywhere else? Like it's, it's the best place know, on the planet. I know. And that's been like a really bizarre thing for me to kind of grapple with it's been a really emotional process for me to grapple with right now because i obviously miss new york i miss my friends i miss my family i miss my 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 whole world there a lot but i'm also very excited about this one and leaning in and being present um and this is the first time i felt home other than new york anywhere else that's a nice very feeling. rare i, I like very nice feeling. i like what you said unexpected uh, very unexpected i like what you said about the, like the people in your life and the creativeness that you guys have built together and like the support yeah. system. Um, cause I feel like in my twenties there was like that whole like hashtag no new friends thing. It was like, Oh, like I don't need anyone else. I've got my college friends. I got my high school friends. I don't need to meet new people. And I was so guilty of kind of like leading that charge. Like we don't need to hang out with anybody else. I'm, I'm good with, with who I am. And I think you miss yeah. out a lot when you like have that kind of perspective. And like, as I've gotten older and like much more willing to be friends with literally really anybody anywhere I, I just think like life is treating me better because i'm more open um to these conversations and meeting new people and uh, i think that's nice that like when i can recognize that in someone else like like you 
Oh, that's cool, man. I, 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 I totally know what you mean. Cause in my twenties, I felt like I, well, I think all, even throughout my whole life, I've always like my mom, there's like this joke with my mom where she's like, when I was 10 years old, she's like, I cannot invite, I can't put all of your friends in one room. They'll kill each other <laughs> because like you have people from all these different little like clicks pods, yeah. and I can't I can't put them in one room nobody likes one another like I don't know how to do this like <laughs> what do we do what do we do and I feel like I kind of done that even out throughout my 20s and I mean I got I got very lucky when I went to college at 19 when I went to Brooks Institute I met um my my very my my longest one of my longest and dearest friends Samia and who's another incredible photographer um and uh Samia is just she she was my she was my writer dot. She was my every, you know, she, she was my one friend. I'm like, okay. And, and, and we actually had a best friendship over, uh, over the phone for the last 10 years. Cause we never lived in the same state. Once I left Brooks, I went to New York. So that was, you know, and she stayed in LA. So we, we had this whole, uh, friendship over FaceTime and phone calls pretty much for, for, for about 15 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, which is really kind of funny, but um, but she, you know, she was like, I always, I, I remember my grand, my grandfather always saying, because I never really had like, I never had a real group of friends. I had never had like, okay, this is my group, mm -hmm. and that was just, you know, like in high school a little bit sure, but not, you know, but when in my twenties, not really. I mean, I had, I had pockets at 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 points in my life, at stages in my life, but like, it was always shifting and constantly evolving. Um, and then there was always one person that would maybe stick out from that pod that I would keep in my life and kind of, you know, carry through the course of my life. And I've gotten lucky like that. I've, I've, I've gotten lucky. I've had a lot of, a lot of good people in my life that way. Um, but yeah, but she was one of, she was one of those. And it was like when my grandpa would say like, you're lucky if you have one really good friend in your life, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I remember kind of hanging on to that thought when I was like 19, and 20 and going to college for the very first time. And I was like, well, I got her. So that's, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> so you're good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But that's oh. what was really cool about, you know, getting older and, 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 you know, with the creative, my environment was constantly shifting and I met people from all walks of life. And mm -hmm. I've, I've been blessed with some really incredible people throughout. So, um, that's awesome. that have, Stuck around for whatever reason i don't know <laughs> it's probably because you're awesome taylor that would be my guess as to the <laughs> reason why um obviously that you've... or i'm just extremely loud and entertaining <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's 50 50 <laughs> awesome 50 -50. loud and entertaining these are all great qualities that i think we should all strive to uh <laughs> to have um when you go through like shitty parts of life whether it be creatively uh personally yeah. professionally and something yeah. transpires that like you're like fuck i regret that it was yeah. a shit something what do you do to kind yeah. of mitigate that lingering regret or like oh, overcome something that you like can feel kind of like dragging on you from your past well i actually just learned this this is uh something very recently i i um so one of my uh one of my very very good friends who actually just moved out to nashville as well um hannah and she's a wildly amazing developed human being mm -hmm. um and she is extremely knowledgeable and she's kind of always been a um you know kind of a i call her my like life sponsor <laughs> she was that. for a long time <laughs> yeah she was kind of like yeah she's just you know my um uh you know not i mean i've I really love the term life coach, but you know, I mean, she, she definitely educated me in a lot of ways. She's a very self-developed person and very educated in that way. And she's married and she's got six kids and the whole thing. Whoa. And she's just like an amazing, yeah, she's an amazing human and she's very creative and talented and in all sorts of ways. And, and she's just a very beautiful, beautiful human being. But anyhow, she, um, she taught me something recently that I have adapted in specifically to what you're talking about, how to kind of let things go that or do, uh, she taught me uh, inventory, which basically it's like, um, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a recovery tactic, but basically what it is, is you, you know, you, you take inventory of the things that maybe you're fearful of, or you resent or, and you physically write them down. And there's a process that you do. There's an exercise that you can do to, to remove that. Hmm. Um, and she's been teaching me some of these tactics and, and, and it's really, um, it's been really helpful. I, I think I've, I've gained tools, uh, you know, all throughout my life from people like her or my parents or friends or whatever. But I, um, 
yeah, she, she, she's taught me some zingers, man. And she, and it's, and it's good because I think when I get to a place where I feel that it's becoming unmanageable or I'm holding on to something that I can't let go, um, you know, there's a lot of prayer and meditation and, and self-development, uh, tools that I've learned along the way that I do in order to remove that. So it's kind of become my practice and I've, um, been, you know, educated in it, but it's probably been, you know, 10 years of, of, of therapy and, and, and learning different tools and things along the way to, to learn how to do that. I like that. That's very frank, which very I, honest. I like that. Which, yeah. Which, which, which I find to be kind of a necessity for me, especially as a creative, because, um, you know, I'm a very emotional and sensitive person as well. And, and I have to stay well in order to create from, and operate at the frequency I'm supposed to be operating on. So in order to do that, there's a lot of that, you know, there's a lot of uh, therapeutic things and lessons and tools and things and meditation and practice that, that is, um, I'm not always very good with it, but, but I try to be um, because it's just, it's a necessity. It keeps, it keeps everything working the way it should, in my personal opinion. Yeah, from my personal opinion, what I do uh, when I'm dealing with all these things is I start a podcast and I have a really, really nice. tremendous conversations with awesome, like-minded human beings who really give me yeah. these incredible insights into their life about what makes them tick, about what makes them happy, how they've gotten to where they're at in life. And I walk away from all these conversations incredibly inspired. And this is big time, big time, big time selfish love of myself because that is the single motivating factor that. for me. I'm having these conversations because they inspire me both creatively, life-wise, personal, professional, all of the above. And I get to walk off of after having these in incredible conversations with, you know, I, I say strangers. We've met for the first time today. I think we're best friends now after this hour. Um, but Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things that I, I learned <laughs> recently that uh, I can take away a lot from uh, from these conversations. Yeah, you know, I, I love that. I love that you said that. And that's excellent. And I, I really, um, excellent news. <laughs> I, I really, I, I, I really think that that's a cool thing because it's, you know, to find that, that thing that continues, I mean, cause it takes discipline, right? I mean, for you to do these podcasts and to have these conversations, but it's also is what's fueling that fire to continue to keep going with it. I think it's so, I'm always so amazed by people that can do things like they just pick something up like that and they do it and 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 they continue to do it to stay inspired i've i'm always inspired back by that discipline right because it's like it's it's, it's i appreciate that, that. You almost need you i know also what I mean? like it yeah i also need to pay nice you a, a nice compliment because i find that in the creative space you people tend to go one of two ways. They are either very inclusive and very uh, community building and or very, I am myself, don't bother me, don't ask me questions, don't ask me favors, like I don't want to help you. And you obviously fall into the other category. Um, we've talked about everything from camera bags to whatever it might be. And I, I, like it's inspiring when you have these types of interactions with strangers, um, you know, over the internet <laughs> that like when totally, someone is yeah. like, totally willing to be like, oh yeah, XYZ, love that, great, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I mean, it goes back to you being a genuinely uh, awesome human being, uh, whether you're loud and obnoxious or whatever it is you said, uh, we can <laughs> decide in the future. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And I think, you know, I've always kind of viewed what I do as a, it's, it's, it's a service, right? I provide a service for people. It, it's an act of service. And I think, you know, it's also gives me the ability to listen to people and share other people's stories and bring light to to things and I think it's it's a it's a tool that way and I always I said this to actually Hannah the other day I said I said I, I tell people to think of me like a plumber she goes really and I go yeah I go because it's like you know if a pipe bursts in your house you need to call an expert to have come fix it I mean that's kind of how I view creative you know it's like it's it is a it's a service I am providing I have educated myself to become an expert expert in this field but it's a service and it makes people happy and it's something that you get to connect with people from all walks of life you get to listen to them hear them I they they are they're trusting me to you know, if I get to photograph you, I get to, you know, see a little insight to who you are and you're trusting me with that time. And if I get to direct something or write something, I get 
and you're trusting me with that insight to 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 what you what it is that you want to say and you're putting that responsibility in my hands it's a service and i think that's part of what makes it so fulfilling I think that's a, a very great perspective that uh, is definitely unique. I haven't heard it uh, articulated in that way. And I think that's like a very, very good perspective on, uh, on what you do. I like that. Um, I like to, yeah, I like to, sorry, go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> I like to wrap up every uh, podcast episode um, with a couple short, quick rapid fire questions. And then like uh, two kind of big ones. Yeah. So, oh yeah, go for it. First question: What is your favorite book? Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't really have one. I don't really have a favorite book. Okay. I really don't. I mean, I never really have. Okay, fair enough. Favorite movie? I've had to work on reading a lot. Uh, favorite movie? I um. Oh, that's a tough one. That is a real tough one. Uh, Top Manhattan five. Murder Mystery. Okay, Manhattan Murder Mystery. Uh. Annie Hall, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Hmm. Um, I love Charade. Have you seen Charade? I've not. With Audrey, uh, with Audrey Hepburn and uh, what's his face? Um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking? Who the heck? I just that? saw the a documentary on Audrey Hepburn, which um, was incredible. Oh yeah, I did see that. It it really was good. Um, those are my I I I love those. I love uh, those are some of my those are some of my my flicks. I did for however for the first time watch the black sheep and tommy boy i have never seen those movies before oh i love chris farley oh, yeah. i love liar liar i love anything jim carrey yeah, have you seen tommy boy jim i ju- i i've only seen okay i started watching it and i fell asleep so oh no oh no i have to watch it again i have to watch it again but i'm so into it though and i love chris farley yeah. and i love jim carrey so i've i've lo- liar liar all those movies nice Ace ventura those are all my those are all my collective top movies. <laughs> okay. And love a love a casino, love a reservoir dog, oh, love yeah. the Godfather, love those those grouping of films. It's too hard for me to say which one. I'm with Chinatown you. is really good. Have you seen Chinatown? I have not. With Jack Nicholson in the seventies? Nope. Oh man, you gotta watch that. It's a great movie. I've just added Charade and Chinatown to my list. I, I've seen I like I like to say I've seen every movie ever, but it's really mostly everything that's come out in my lifetime. Uh, but I'll yeah. definitely <laughs> I'll definitely put those on. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite yeah. food? Uh my favorite food. I love, um, <laughs> I remember someone asked me this once and I said, avocado. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> I remember someone saying that I love avocados. <laughs> I love avocados and eggs. Breakfast is my favorite meal. Oh, of the nice. Day. Me I too. love breakfast. I love bacon. I love eggs. I love avocado. I it's just, like uh, my favorite. I went to, uh, it's called the pancake house. It's, uh, it's around the corner from my house. I go there like once Ooh. or twice a week and i just had yeah. the absolute most divine skillet of like over easy eggs potatoes hash browns yes. avocado bacon tomatoes yes. oh, yeah i'm not gonna eat for, that- for like two more days but yeah it was delicious yeah. yeah but it was so worth it i know i love a good love a good brunch love a good brunch me too do you believe in an afterlife Uh, do I believe in an afterlife? Um, let's see. I was raised, I was raised Catholic. So I believe that, um, I, I believe that when you, when you pass on, you, you know, you pass on and you go to, you know, I mean, I do, I believe in heaven. I believe in hell. I believe in, I believe in purgatory. I believe in all those things. Um, that's kind of how I was raised. Uh, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's my, that's what I believe in. Nice. I like that. What is the best piece of advice someone that has ever given to you? Timing is everything. Hmm. My dad. I like that. Timing is everything. Timing is everything in life. That's good. Yep. Uh, final question. What's one recommendation yeah. for everyone listening today? Uh, I know you're not sure of this, but it can be a movie, a TV show, a podcast, a book you've read, literally something that you have consumed in the last couple weeks, months, whatever, uh, that you'd like everyone to check out. I would say check out 
Well, I just, I literally just watched the Friends reunion, and I gotta tell you, <laughs> it was if, great. If you are a fan of Friends, man, go watch that. And I just started Mayor of Easttown, and I, oh, I'm really enjoying that show. So right good. Now. I just started it. It's oh. so freaking good. All right. Well, you I'm can... not that far. I, I literally just started, so I'm like, I think I'm on like episode two or three, but I'm just upset. I'm like, this is the best. Yeah, it's so good. I, I love mean, it. Kate Winslet. I love she, her. She does no wrong. Uh, text I me can't. after. Yeah, when you when you go finish the finale, text me. I'm thinking it'll be either holy shit, what the fuck, holy shit, uh, one of those oh, superlatives. It's tremendous. The show is so good. Um, I can't. I I can't. I loved. Um, and then what was the? Oh my gosh. Why am I blanking? True on Detective. The one that I. Uh, no. Uh, it's with Nicole Undoing. Kidman yeah, Undoing. The Undoing was really good too. These yeah. are these are my favorite kind of shows. Yeah, so good. I yeah. These, these these are my favorites as well. I really I love a. I love a mystery. I love a thriller. I love a detective. I love a anything. Law and Order. Oh my gosh. Speaking bum, bum, of Caitlin Brooks. Bum, bum. Oh Caitlin my gosh. Brooks. We watched the. She is. I have never met anyone that is more obsessed with Olivia Benson than her. And I swear, we watched so much Law and Order when we were living together. It was incredible. I've never. I, I've never watched so much Law and Order in my life. That's and amazing. I love it. Uh, I, on I two, two or three episodes ago, I had uh, an actress who played uh, a, a small role on Law and Order, and she had nothing but glowing things to say about how incredible the staff was, the people on the show. Oh. Um, I, I've li- I'm not a Law and Order guy. I know Caitlin is going to kill yeah. me if she actually listens to this for saying that because she's oh, yeah, obsessed. She but she has, however, she gotten me thoroughly obsessed with the Bachelor franchise, and I could blame her for ruining hours and hours of my life in the best <laughs> possible way because I'm just so obsessed with that show now. <laughs> th- th- those are her number ones, man. <laughs> she loves The Bachelor. She loves The Bachelor Bachelorette. She loves The Law and Order Night. She loves it. Yeah, she, she loves it. She's a good egg. Lo- love her a lot. Yeah. Yeah, she is. We've we've consumed a lot of red wine watching Law and Order <laughs> for just hours on end ordering shitty Thai food. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Taylor, uh, yeah. I want to really thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and having this oh, conversation with me. You are an A-plus human being. I'm, I'm super glad uh, oh, that man. we were able to connect. I'm uh, really, really, really inspired by your work. I'm, I'm loving what you're doing. It gives me so much joy. And uh, I just want to really, really, oh. really, really thank you for coming on today and uh, I think we just became best friends I'll insert the gif of (laughs) (laughs) of Will Ferrell and uh, yeah I just really enjoyed this conversation and uh, you're you're awesome you you are as well thank you so much for having me I really appreciate it this is an awesome podcast and I love why you started it and I love getting to learn a little bit about you and why you're doing all of this and I, I think it's a beautiful thing to just give people this platform just to talk and meet and connect and inspire one another so good on you man thank you so much for this i really appreciate oh, thank it you it for made my day made oh, my day made my day really good <laughs> take right. care well thank you take care i'll talk to you 